Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. Today's episode, we're going to talk to Tommy Mello. Typically, most of my interviews kind of focus on the plumbing industry or the air conditioning industry. I've had a little bit in the electrical, but I've never had a garage door guy on the podcast. Today's episode changes that pattern. Tommy Mello took a business that was $50,000 in debt and built it all the way up to generating $30 million per year in revenue over the period of about seven years. So then he just released a book basically outlining how he did it. And today we talk about that book. We talk about the five steps in that book that he outlines how he did it and some of the people who influenced him. I look forward to hearing your feedback on the conversation between myself and Tommy. And as always, you know how to reach me, Tersh at bluecollarroots.com or on Facebook, Tersh Blissett. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and service technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. I'm with Tommy Mello. If you've ever heard of Tommy Mello, you're probably living under a rock when it comes to home service businesses. In the Facebook groups, he's always been recommended as a leading expert, and he has lots of great experts on his podcast. If you haven't heard his podcast, you got to check it out. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Yeah, the podcast is The Home Service Expert, and uh, as you know, I just put out a book. Super excited to be on here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about you, how you got started. Most of the people that we talk to, a lot of people know I own an air conditioning company. Uh, a lot of people we talk to are in air conditioning, plumbing field, but you're in a different field, but you've been very successful. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I've always been a hard worker. I got started with a landscaping company. Anything with home service is generally the same. You got to book the call. There's new install for landscaping, like sprinklers and stuff. So I kind of got the gist of it. And then in 2006, I got introduced to a company that did garage doors and my roommate got a job there. Actually, two of my roommates, one of them was answering phones and one of them was actually a technician. A year before that, I started painting for this garage door company. I was knocking out a hundred bucks every time I painted a door. I got to the point where I could paint 10 doors in a day. We started A1 Garage Door Service, me and a partner. I bought him out in 2010. Or I like to say I took on the debt <laughs> and I've made a lot of mistakes. I didn't have a lot of good coaching. I got a master's degree. I finished that up in 2012. I've done a lot of things, man. I've worked on my own software to make my business stronger. I've got a lot of people behind me as far as on the marketing side. We're one of the best pay-per-click in the business. We've done everything from Craigslist to TV, radio, billboards, you name it. I've done out door knocking myself. If it's out there, I've done it. If somebody's made a mistake, I'm the one that's made it. I've made more mistakes than you could ever imagine, and I've learned from them. So we're on course this year. We're going to do over $30 million. I've got roughly 230, 250 employees because I've got a lot of apprentices that really don't count. They're all W-2 employees. They're not 1099. Like I said, I think that I've learned a lot of mistakes that I'm able to talk about and really guide people. And I, same as everybody, I started out on a ladder, busting my butt 24-7. I was the accountant. I was the advertising. I was the CSR. I did the dispatching. And now I got a pretty good business and continue to grow this business as the plan. Yeah, you've got your own call center, don't you? 
Yeah, we've got a really nice size call center, about 25 people. We've got a secondary call center that's a national contracting company. It's called Nationwide Inbound, that if we don't answer the call after three rings, it fires over to them, and then they know the back-end CRM, which is Service Titan, which, as you well know, I'm a huge fan of Service Titan. We were the first garage door companies on them. That's funny. We actually use them. That's who answers our phone calls also, Nationwide Inbound. They integrate. We use Service Titan also, so it's nice that they can just go right into it and not miss a beat. It's not real janky like some call centers that you talk to. Yeah, you know, we went 100% over to Nationwide, and I really that didn't work for us since we're such a large company and we can handle rebuttals way better. There's another guy, Bruno Air, that has done the same thing and then switched back over to his own call center out of Florida. We're in 12 states. We're based out of Tempe, Arizona, which is where Arizona State is located. We're getting ready to move about a mile and a half away to roughly a 35,000 square foot office. We just needed a lot more room for our call center and dispatch. And we build all kinds of custom doors and things of that nature. So y'all build them in-house? We build anything custom in-house. Our famous quote is, if you could find it or you could dream it, we could build it. There's a lot of opportunity there that most garage door companies aren't going after. But I don't care if you're an HVAC, plumbing, electrical, you're still needing to get Google guaranteed. We've already been through that process in all 12 states. I've helped people get through that process. My general strengths are sales and marketing, but I've been thrown into operations and I've learned to enjoy it more than I did. It's never fun for me to have to figure out inventory, but you can do it. I had to force myself into that stuff. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get to where you're at now? I mean, I got to tell you that 2010 to 2012 was some really good milestones. I really learned how to get into SEO and networking, but from 2012 to now is when this business started to fly. So six years, I'd say, even though I was in business six years before that, I was bartending, I was doing side gigs, I was flipping cars. I mean, I really started to see this as a huge company and understand what real profit is in 2012. And profit is what the company makes after I pay myself a very good living. So I pay myself $125,000. I fly all over the country for on a credit card that basically I write off everything that's not against that. I use my credit cards to take people out to eat. And I still want to make 18 to 20% after it's all left over. And that's what most small businesses miss. They say, oh, I'm making 100 grand a year. Well, yeah, you should. Companies should still make a profit. <laughs> yeah, so many people miss that out. And I would say that in our industry, if somebody's making 4 or 5% net profit, they're doing good. And most people, they're assuming that they're making 15 or 20%, but because they don't know their numbers correctly, they're making 3, 4, maybe even 0 net profit, actually. Well, I can tell you, I'm very familiar with Gettle, with Ken Goodrich. He's in three states. He does about $60 million a year. I know exactly what he sold for, and it's a percentage of EBITDA. And he was much higher than that, and it's all about service agreements. So I'd say 5% is maybe good for your first five years, but you should definitely be 15 to 20 in HVAC, plumbing, or electrical. If you're not, you're not charging enough money. And a lot of people, the word sales is a four-letter word, and they think people are ripping them off. I had a guy come out and fix my air conditioning five times in a row. And let me just tell you something. He's a buddy of mine. I love the guy. He's fixed a lot of other stuff for me, but he couldn't figure this out. I had Gettle come out. They fixed it. They charged me 700 bucks for friends and family discount for a couple of pounds of Freon or whatever. Yeah. And I played the call to my staff this morning and it said, you got to charge more than you're charging. And I'm sorry if you think ripping people off is two pounds, but you ever hear that story that this guy, he's got this squeaky floor and he called everybody he could. He called 
20 companies. The 21st company came out, this old man, and he goes over, hears a squeak. He walks up, puts a screw in the ground. The squeak goes away and charges $1,000. And he goes, what do you mean? That screw only cost you a couple of pennies. He goes, it's not for the screw. It's because I know where to put the screw. Oh yeah. The knowledge you're selling your knowledge and the people that don't value that it's not your clientele. So tell me a little bit about your book. Today's date is the 6th of December. Uh, it was just released and you're already getting great feedback on it. And I'm excited. I haven't read it yet, but I'm super pumped to read it. You have a lot of great people that are in the book. So tell me a little bit about it. So the book is Home Service Millionaire. I'm a big researcher. I tested the title. That one did really, really well. I am doing well in my business. So millionaires was kind of conceited. <laughs> if the shoe fits. Yeah, exactly. So I got 12 contributors in there. I got someone named Alan Rohr who talks a lot about understanding your financial quick check, making sure you're profitable, making sure you're keeping the right technicians, making sure you're making profit. I've got the COO of Home Advisor who owns Angie's List. He's a powerhouse, Craig Smith, amazing guy. He contributed a whole section. He endorsed the book. They are a, are a monster. He contributed. And then I got the CEO of Service Titan, Ara. Yeah, Ara. He's the man. He wrote the forward of the book and contributed a good section on CRMs. I've got the CEO of Valpac, which is the blue mailers that come in the mail. He put a big section in there on why mail still works. I've got a guy named Darius Levers who sells more finance than any other air conditioning plumbing company in the United States. He's a machine that teaches us how to sell financing in the book. I got Jamie DiDomonico. This guy has 14,000 service agreements, and he tells us on exactly how to sell service agreements. I put a bonus section in the book with my buddy, Brian. He explains to us exactly if you're thinking about selling in the next five years, how to get a lot more money for your business and get the checklist going on what you need to get a higher multiplier on your EBITDA. So I stacked the deck with everybody I know that's an influencer that could actually like contribute and then... I focus on four main points. The first one is your mindset and really understanding how to deliver the message of why you're doing your business. And you shouldn't be in business just because you hated working for somebody else. There needs to be something better than that. So the beginning of the book is finding your why and understanding mindset and thinking like a millionaire. Thinking like a millionaire means I'm going to go learn everything I can about successful companies. I'm not going to focus on the negative. My excuses, just like my crappy technicians. I don't have any excuses. I look in the mirror and I understand I'm a result of my reality and I'm and vice versa. So that's the beginning of the book. The next section I discuss, keeping score, understanding your key performance indicators. Oh yeah. I always say, look, I can't win the game if I don't know the score. <laughs> okay. And I can't coach on the game. The first thing you do in football the next day is you go watch the videos. Okay. You want to understand your wide receivers, your left tackle, your center, your people that are what hole are they going through? What are we doing? Are we losing on our offense or defense? Where do we need to concentrate? The data should dictate your decisions in business. And it doesn't take getting all these miracle people to come onto your business to make it happen. It's the systems that dictate everything. And it should be black and white. There should be no gray. And I got to tell you, to this day, I'm still working on this stuff. So even though I know it, I'm still caught in the bubble sometimes. And I got to take a look down and view it. And then the two other sections, and I'm sorry, I'm just on this run on, I'm just going through it with you. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. I'm a high energy type guy. So <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> the other big stuff. I talk a lot about turning on the lead side. 
to where your phone rings off the hook and it's with people that want to spend money with you, where you could charge them 40% more than other customers. And it's about building those relationships. It's relationships. It's not transactions. It's about selling service agreements, introducing financing. And then the last thing is how to hire A players. You think that putting an ad on Craigslist and putting an ad on Indeed and running a little radio commercial every five months is going to get you A players. You're wrong. You got to recruit them. You got to steal somebody from a restaurant that's willing and able, somebody with a good attitude. Teach them. You think you're going to get a guy that comes from your competitors and quits there and all of a sudden they'll be great for you? I love that because I just happened to do that exact same thing. And I don't know if I heard it from you or if I heard it from a podcast, but I just picked up on hiring a guy that was from a restaurant. So I had a waiter that was super energetic, outgoing, would talk to anybody and had a great personality and immediately asked him, hey, are you looking for a career change? And so I've had that mentality for a couple of months now. And I couldn't really pinpoint where it came from, but maybe it was from you. Maybe it was from other podcasts that I listened to, but it's really it's a game changer whenever you're recruiting every time you're outside the house. You got to be outside of the house doing it and you need to be aware of your surroundings. And then number two, even better than what you've done is you've got a card and you say, text me right now and I want to send you some info. And then it's built on a funnel on the back end that it sends them a video from you saying, the reason you're watching this video is because I picked you and I want you to build a career with me. Forget your job. I want you so bad that I'm going to follow up with you till you either tell me to stop or you come in and apply because that's how bad I want you. Now, when they get a text message every week that says, dude, come on, I really need you, man. Or I think you're if you find a gal that's going to be great as a call center rep. And don't forget, you're recruiting for warehouse. You're recruiting for your CSRs. You're recruiting for your sales staff. You're recruiting for your technicians. You're recruiting for your dispatch. My door center. All the time. It's just identifying through personality profiling who's going to fit the best. My financial staff, the, the accounting. I mean... Those are all those people that are analytical. They love getting in the grind. They love analytics. They love numbers and they're detail oriented. So are you creating these funnels yourself or are you having somebody else create them for you? So I create the funnels myself on the videos that I do and stuff like that. But it's a software I use. It's called Scipio. I talk about that in the book too. You can build it and it's complex. So I can help people put them together. But you put together a real good video on why would you use me? Why would you come to me and work for me? And there's got to be a good why behind it. That's why I always talk about the mindset. Find your why. And if you want to have a good business, you need to have a good system to get good people. And like I always say, and my mentor says, if you want good apple pie, you got to make, you got to get good apples and you got to know where to buy those apples from. And you're not going to get up from Craigslist. I mean, I've hired people from Craigslist. I've had some success, but for the most part, it's very, very crappy. The best people you can get are the people you pull that show you excellent customer service. You might have seen them three different times. And every time you see them, they're smiling, they're working hard, and they're accommodating. Oh, I love that. Yes, that's a great point. It's taking my thought process and putting it to the extreme, put on steroids. Where can I find your book if I'm looking for your book and I've never heard of you or anything? So homeservicemillionaire.com, it forwards to a link to buy it on Amazon. And I'm going to be putting out a better deal we're working on another spot to put it. And the reason is, is because I want to send out some freebies and stuff like that. Like just some cool things that I think will help people out. Okay. And I can't do that through Amazon. So you'll be able to buy it a little bit cheaper than Amazon, hopefully here in the next month. It's just getting everything worked out on the print side. 
I think if you haven't heard of me yet, I'm taking the necessary steps to make sure you do. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I see you all the time on Facebook and I did pretty much all year whenever it comes to service industry type stuff. Very much so. You've done a good job with it on my side. That's for sure. I'm in the fetal stages. Let me tell you something. I'm the most competitive guy you'll ever meet. And I'm not even close to where I'm going to be. I have the biggest New Year's resolutions you're ever going to see behind business. And let me just tell you this about stacking the deck. You're going to like this, Church. Uh I'm sending out copies to every single media type out there that covers home service. Home service or home repair or home improvement. So I've got between Canada, Australia, and the United States, I'll be sending out about 8,000 online copies. So that's just the PDF. And then I'll be sending the biggest ones, about 500 of them, a signed copy with a little reel. I'm also sending it to all the trade schools. I'm also sending it to all the associations. Wow. And I'm also sending a follow-up email. I'm also sending a follow-up postcard. That's getting after it right there. Yeah. I'm going hard in the paint. <laughs> that's really cool. So on a side note, will you be at the AHR Expo in Atlanta this year in January? That's the uh, air conditioning expo. It's a large expo there in January sometime. No, when is that exactly? I want to say like the 24th of January, 20th, 24th, something like that. If it's the 20th, I might be able to go. Uh, send me the details. I'd love to go to that. Absolutely. I can do that. I can send you the details, but it's huge. Everybody in our network will be there with the podcasting and everything, but it's a great time. It would be cool to get to know you and get to meet you. If not, we'll be at uh, Service Titan for their next big event out there. Yeah, I'm really, really, I'm creating, I'm working on some stuff within the garage door industry to create kind of a next star for garage doors. And we're putting in a lot of stuff like buying power. We're doing a lot of crazy things, but I believe I can help out a lot of businesses. We're really good at SEO. We're really good at PPC. And I'm not looking to build that part of the business. We do some consulting. And what I like is when you go to the gym, what a trainer is able to do is identify the areas that they need to hit and it creates accountability. So I have a trainer. I'm just getting done with a cleanse. I have go to a clinic to do a cleanse. You might ask, why the hell do you need a clinic to help me? And I said, I don't, but it creates accountability for me. And believe it or not, I've got several coaches that coach me. And believe it or not, Google, the CEO of Google, the $110 billion, trillion dollar company, he's got coaches that work for him independently. And if you think you're too good to have somebody helping you, then you've got a lot of work to do on yourself. Because if you think you've already won the game, 30 million last year is tiny to both. I want to be a billion dollar garage company, a billion dollars in revenue with 20% margin. That's 200 million. And if I get to a billion, my company's worth 20 times EBITDA. So that's $2 billion. (laughs) I have a guy that came out, I redid a bunch of deals with my vendors. And I got a guy that said he's going to get a tattoo on his butt if I hit a billion. So now I'm really working at it. I can't wait to see that tattoo. <laughs> there you go. There's goals right there. Yeah, I know. I had heard that you said that you wanted to do a hundred million. Was it next year? Well, we'll see about the next year. That's a huge jump. That's three and a half times. But I know that's what I thought whenever I heard that. I was like, that's a big old jump. I mean, thirty million's freaking huge. But the deal is, I've got a lot of real good opportunities. I've renegotiated with all my vendors. I'm paying less for marketing probably than anybody that's listening right now. I pay way less on Valpac money mailer clipper than, I mean, because I'm in 12 states, 21 markets. And I'll tell you this, I still got markets losing me money. And today, just to tell you, I'm just an ordinary Joe. I had a come to Jesus on my call. 
I talk with the entire staff every Thursday. We get up. I talk to everybody in-house that's in Phoenix, my call center. A lot of the people come from every facet of the business. And then I have everybody else on a Zoom call. And I said, guys, you are in a sales position. Did you know that the church, after he says the first prayer, because I went to church this weekend and I've been trying to go as much as possible every week, they pass around what's called a donation where you donate to the church. And they call it tithing and all the different things, 10%. But they sell you that this is what they need to exist. And the preacher is very, very good at what he does on getting that collected. So believe it or not, you're being sold wherever you go. Everything you do, when you go on a date, you're selling that girl or that guy on, on yourself. So, so sick of these people going, oh, no, that's way too much to charge. When they work out of their house. They don't have a call center. Their wife works for free. Their son's making $14 an hour. They don't pay for vehicles. They don't pay for wrap vehicles. They 1099 their guys. They don't offer insurance. We offer health insurance and paid time off. And then they go, well, you guys charge too much. And I'm like, how did you get your pricing, bro? Well, this is what we used to charge in my last company that I didn't even work out at because I didn't sell enough. And now I'm doing it for nothing because I think you should do it for nothing. You add up all your costs, Church. You should add up all of your costs. And you should put new computers, the best CRM. You should offer wrapped brand new vans, support the best tools in the industry, the best diagnosis tools. And then you add in your profit, which is 15% or 20%. And that's and divide that by your widgets or your labor. And that's how you come up with your pricing. It's so funny how everybody goes, oh, yeah, that's BS. Everybody in these Facebook groups, especially, you know what they are? Not everybody, but they're just jealous. They're going, oh, you can't charge those prices. But then I look at them and I go, when's the last time you go on vacation? Well, how come none of your employees last for you? Your turnover is ridiculous. I get frustrated because they have no right to be in business. And I'm sorry, but I'm just sick of them saying that I rip people off when I know the cost. And I don't go back. You know who rips people off is the guy that's going on the air conditioning, putting a date on the sticker that's out there twice a year doing a $500 maintenance rather than just fixing it right the first time. Right. The one that just keeps going back out there over and over and over again, and it's not fixing it the first time. Yeah, exactly. You're a doctor and you're prescribing things. Did you ever go to the doctor? What do they do? The first thing they ask is, let me ask you this. And I remember when I was a kid, I went to the doctor and I, I went in there. This is very, very vivid for me. He said, Tommy, he said, what's going on? Are you coughing a lot? What's your temperature? Let me take your temperature. He did some tests. He asked me a lot of questions. And he didn't say, I think this might be it. I'm not really sure, but go home and try this. He said, this is exactly what you need. Let me tell you, if I give you antibiotics for a virus, that'll work. But if I give it to you for a bacteria, it won't work. So diagnosing it properly is very important. And I never question the doctor. If they say you need this, I don't care what it costs. I will do it. And when you're the doctor in a garage or air conditioning unit or a plumbing issue of clogged drain or electrical problem, a fuse box, whatever it is, once your technicians understand that you are the doctor and you're just simply prescribing them what they need, their sales will go up dramatically. It's their own inconfidence. It's the fact that they don't believe in financing. They didn't buy into the service agreement and they don't enjoy working for the company is why they suck. I agree. And the thing about it is, is in our industry in general, we're just... The word sales is such a taboo word. And without sales, a lot of the things that we're doing is sales without us even realizing that we're doing the sales portion of it. But without sales, the business can't last. 
So whenever you get some guys that are like, look, I'm just a technician. I'm not a salesman. Well, you are selling your first impressions of sales, making sure that you're going in there and you're wearing booties inside of a house. That's part of a sales, making sure that you look presentable. That's part of a sales. So no, you're not sitting there doing a hard closed sale on somebody, but you're doing a lot of things that are sales oriented and sales related to ensure that we have a business next year to make sure that we are able to offer a 10 year warranty and still be in business in 10 years to honor that warranty. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said about selling the, the confidence level of like, I always say ref rapport, build rapport like crazy, educate like crazy and follow up on estimates. And I guarantee you 99% of the listeners out there are not following up on old estimates. They never created a system to do it. There's no system in place. They Somebody might be saying, well, yeah, I called a guy a couple of weeks ago. I followed up and I sold it. So Tommy's wrong. But is there a system that every single person gets a phone call if you don't close? And if you don't close, are you learning why you didn't close? Well, the guy kind of smelled funny or I really didn't trust him or he didn't bring good samples or he didn't show me exactly what I wanted to see or he didn't hit the pain points. The other company told me, I know a guy in Florida, different companies I've already named, but he said, the number one thing I do is I get the wife or the woman of the house and I go into the bedroom and I talk about, because Florida's really high humidity. And I talk about how you're getting ready for a wedding or a birthday or a special event. And how much do you sweat in here? And he goes, that's because your return's way too small. We're going to make this much wider. We're going to hit your return up. We're going to make sure there's no bloody noses and the air is clean. And he sells that for $10,000 more than anybody. And people all say the rip off, rip off, rip off. Here's the thing, Tersh. The price versus the perceived value is what makes a customer happy. If your perceived value is higher, they're gonna leave reviews, they're gonna be happy as heck. If the perceived value of what they pay is lower, is when you get those problem customers. I've heard somebody say that doing a happy call or a follow-up call, you don't find that your prices are too high, you've just found that you haven't built enough value into the call. 100%. And you know what? A lot of people just wanna feel like they got a good price. And there's certain ethnicities, I don't wanna go into too many details, I don't wanna insult anybody, but definitely people from other countries, they grow up negotiating. I mean, it's since they were kids. Yeah, it's part of the culture and everything. Yeah, it's the second nature to them. So I've had people from other countries that negotiate and they'll be at $2,000 and then they'll say, no tax, I'll do it for 17 out the door. They don't know. So, so many of us don't teach on how to sell, but let me tell you something. The day you ask a woman on a date, you're selling. The minute you make a friend at a party, you're selling. The minute that you look incompetent and you put your head down and you're not sure and you have no, you see the way I'm talking, I'm sitting upright right now, I'm staring right into the microphone and I'm positive. I know what I'm talking about. And when people say, I'm not so sure, I know every rebuttal in the book. You need to call your husband, you need to call your wife. I've got an answer to all the rebuttals and I train on them. I train, train, train. Role play, role play, role play. You better be able to sell me because if you can't sell me, you're never gonna be able to sell my customers. That's about it for the book and everything. But one thing I wanna ask you is, and I know I can ask you this because I know that you read a ton, but what are you reading now and what's the most recommended thing that you have out there to read to a listener that is just now getting into the podcast and hasn't followed either one of our podcasts, so we don't really know where to start with our business. Well, I love Al Levy a lot. He wrote The Seven Power Contractor. It's a way to set up the foundation with an organizational chart to understand that you're going to stay in your own lane. It's a way to set up the different pieces that you need to set up. So Seven Power Contractor is a great one. I read so, so very much. I got to tell you, some of the books I'm reading that I love, there's a book called Blue Fishing. It's The Art of Making Things Happen by Steve Sims. Such a great little read. Read the book Raving Fans because Raving Fans will teach you how 
to create raving fans out of your customers, to have them rejoice about your company. Because average is not okay anymore. I would say the automatic customer, if you want to understand where the world's going with service agreements and why they need to be part of your sales organization is because everything's going from Amazon Prime to everywhere things are going from florist to everything else. Automatic customer is so freaking good. Traction's a really good book. It teaches you there's 18 types of lead sources. I could go through a million of these. Blink was a good book. I got all these books on Audible. I'm a- One other book is The Home Service Millionaire. Home Service Millionaire is a must read. And I always tell people to get started with the e-myth. I would say that my goal, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, I just had his daughter who took over the company on my uh, podcast, learned a lot about that organization. My two favorite books are The E-Myth and The Ultimate Sales Machine. But obviously, The Home Service Millionaire, I hope will be a staple in the home service niche. I think it applies to everybody. I give all kinds of resources out. I really wanted to just put myself on the map and say, I'm ready to help people. I've been there. I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to work 24-7. I've burned through relationships. I had a girlfriend break up with me because I worked too much. And I know what it's like. And I know what it's like to have complete financial freedom and just be happy when you wake up. It's not easy. I got to tell you, Trish, there are days that I, and I remember back where I, I absolutely despise showing up to work. I'd rather work out in the field than be in the office. Is That's how bad it was. Oh, yeah. Been there. You know what I'm talking about. For sure. So, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. If somebody wants to reach out to you, is there anywhere that they can do that? Yeah. Facebook's great. You can find me, Tommy Mello. I'm on LinkedIn. I got like 17,000. I'm really trying to grow my LinkedIn profile. My email, there's a couple you can get a hold of me at Tommy at homeservicemillionaire.com, tmello at a1garage.com, or a1 lead generation. That's my main one at gmail.com. It's a1 lead manager a one lead manager at gmail.com. I'm super excited. I just, I love talking to guys like you. I love jumping on podcasts and hearing different points of views on hiring styles and attracting a players and how to get more out of a customer. You don't need to lie, cheat or steal church. You just need to be able to offer things to people that they want. They might want an air conditioning unit with a thermostat that they could talk to at night and say, lower the temperature. They might want something that's way more efficient. That'll save them money. And it's not up to you, the owner or your technician to decide what's best for the customer. It's to deliver options that make sense for them and let them choose. Yeah. It's funny you even mentioned that because a couple of years ago I was riding with a tech and when I do ride alongs, I try not to butt into their conversations very much at all. But afterwards I asked them, why didn't you offer X, Y, and Z? And they're like, did you look in that house? Like they can't afford that. Oh my God. Some of my biggest sales or come from people who want the most efficient product. They may not look like they can afford it, but then they go to their bedroom and pull out that shoebox with $10,000 cash in it. And they're just, they don't value a super expensive car, but they do value being extremely comfortable. So they've purchased that $10,000 air conditioner, $15,000 air conditioner. So you can't decide where their values are and what they value and what they don't value. That was a real eye opening for me whenever I had that conversation with that technician. I thought that everybody in the business just thought the way I did. But obviously, that's when I figured out that that wasn't the case. You hit the nail on the head, man. And the same thing with financing. The thing that if I walked up to your church today and I walked in your house and I said, do you need financing? You know what you do? You go, does it look like I need financing? Do I look like I can't afford this repair? It's insulting that you'd say that. Right. So. There's an art to doing this stuff, and I'm not the expert at all this stuff. That's why I pulled in 12 contributors to the book that are much smarter than me at a lot of things to do it. So I really appreciate you letting me on, man. And I really appreciate you letting me endorse the book because 
I really sincerely want to know what people think. I need to know if there's something in there they don't agree with. I want to know if I can elaborate on certain things because it's making me a better businessman and hopefully a better person for everybody to be around in the home service space. Will the book be on audio also or just in print? I did the Audible. It's coming out in about three weeks on Audible. I was reading from the book and I was like, let me just read this. So I'll read an email, just the beginning. So can you record that audio you promised answering the following five questions? When was the moment you felt, and I read it a little bit faster, but it, then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to paraphrase the whole freaking book because this is not me. So I told stories <laughs> and the Audible, I've got all kinds of stuff, stories. I get loud, I get passionate. And so the Audible is going to be really fun if you want to really understand that I'm a freaking high intensity, passionate dude that really cares about the stuff I preach and I live what I preach. So yeah, it's coming out in a two, three weeks and you'll know about it for sure, man. We'll check it out then. I'll get my order placed. It's in my cart. I just hadn't pulled the trigger yet on the book yet. I'll do that right now. <laughs> All good, my man. All right, buddy. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm Brian Orr. This podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network, and you can find out more by going to bluecollarroots.com. You can also listen to this podcast at bluecollarroots.com. The best way to listen to a podcast is by doing so on an application on your phone, an app on your phone. So if you have an Apple phone, an iPhone, then you can use the little purple tower right on your phone, call the podcast app, and listen to this podcast anytime just by typing in Service Business Mastery in the search bar and hitting subscribe. Similar process if you are on an Android device, either download the Stitcher app, you can do it there, you can also do it within the Google Play Store, and just type in Service Business Mastery, hit subscribe, and then you won't miss any of the future episodes. Also, if you're willing, reviews in the podcast app or in iTunes really help the podcast grow. So if you enjoy what you hear here, then go on the podcast app and leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Service Business Mastery Podcast.